If you only knew how much money has been spent to brainwash you, you would actually feel really special. The Kate Daly Show starts now. You found a cure for cancer? I didn't come up with it. A couple of eggheads I hired did. How long have you had this? I don't know. When, when was that Who Let the Dogs Out song? You've had this since 1999? Carter, you've discovered the holy grail of modern medicine. Why the hell would you keep it buried like this? Right. I'll tell you why. Because there's far more money to be made in treating a disease than in curing it. Why cure someone of cancer in a day if we can treat them for a lifetime and bill them every step along the way? What? That's insane! Carter, what you're doing here is criminal, and I'm going to tell the whole world about it. Is that right? Who's going to believe you? The internet? You'll be just another nutjob blogger. Security? <laughs> love it <laughs> oh boy i think that was family guy i think that was family guy um cartoons tell us a lot why is that i've always wondered about that why is why is the simpsons why do they have such an uncanny ability to to uh create cartoons and then those exact scenes take place like trump going down the escalator that kind of thing hmm strange right well it's you and me kid today so we are going to um we're going we're gonna to chat. I have a lot to present, a lot from the vault, and it's going to go in a lot of directions. <laughs> so get ready for that, because I have a lot of things I want to talk about that sort of build up that it's hard to squeeze into every show. And so today's Friday show, this will be good. You're going to get a lot of insights today. A lot of things are going to be said today. Really interesting things, too. And, of course, if you're listening to uh, me during during the afternoon, you can call up 888-673-1450. That number's on the website. And that's uh, 5 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock Mountain. And you can actually call into the show and uh, we'll chat on any of the subjects that I'm going to talk about. Um, Monday's a holiday. It's uh, President's Day weekend. And so I do hope you're going to enjoy a nice three-day weekend. I know I am. <laughs> so, um, but I want to start out. Th this is so that clip brought up a lot for me because I've been studying that a lot throughout the years. And so I want to start off with that, even though I have one, two, three, I have about nine subjects to cover today. But I want to I want to just cover this one briefly because I did find it kind of fascinating. Um, there was the clip of the gentleman talking about Rife machines. He's from California. Um, curing cancer. So do we have cancer cures? Oh yeah, we do. I've talked about the Joanna Budwig protocol, which has been highly successful. And Joanna, the Budwig protocol is a couple of foods that you mix together with a, a high speed blender and they create an electrical charge. Okay. And Joanna Budwig started doing this with cancer patients back in the forties. And she was taking like stage four and curing them and, and everything else. So of course, uh, this kept going and she would take people in, in the worst kinds of cases of cancer, but it was the frequency from that, these couple of foods combined that would actually, um, take a cell and turn it so that it wasn't, a, it wasn't going bad. It wasn't, it wasn't, the bad guys weren't getting the cells. The cells could actually create their army again and, um, were not overwhelmed by the bad cells, right? And so it would flip 
actually flip a cell. And there was nothing else like this. A lot of people eat clean and, and what have you, and I get it, and that's, you should. And even with the Joanna Budwig protocol, you should do that. She was up for the prize, the big prize, uh, I think like 10 times. And even the cancer site, um, the, uh, you know, the big, uh, I forgot the name of the cancer uh, institute, whatever, even talks about Budwig. But at the very end of Budwig's um, protocol, it says, well, it's not proven. Well, it's not proven. So it's interesting because it has been proven since the 1940s. But of course, they're going to say that. And why? Because, you know, there's no money in there's no money in cures. Right. Especially in the Budwig protocol, because it takes a certain kind of oil and a certain kind of German cottage cheese called cork. And you mix those two at a really, really, really high um, volume along with another ingredient. And it makes sort of like this whipped cottage cheese um, and you don't put any salt in it. Uh, it'll kill the charge, but the charge lasts for about 20 minutes. And it's been highly, highly successful. So people that are sick will take that three times a day. Okay, they'll make that three times a day. There's all kinds of YouTube videos on that. Here is the other one, uh, the Rife Machine. This guy's talking about the Rife Machine in California. Here you go. I'm just like you. I have heard that there's a cure for disease that's been suppressed. I have cancer. I'm not going to accept the modality of the day. I need to know if there's going to be, if there's a cure that's suppressed out there, and I offer a $10,000 reward. Now, I'm in California, right? What do you suppose happened? I had to hire eight people to man the phones in two shifts. I had to get eight phones in. But one man called me. One man. And he impressed me. And he said, well, he said, there's not one cure for cancer that's been suppressed. There's been five. Which one do you want to know about? I said, whatever one works. He sent me to somebody that had an original Rife Ray unit, and I used it. Three months later, the cancer was gone. So was my arthritis. And I was so gung-ho on it that I decided that I had to get involved in building Rife machines and get it out there for people and really help them. It's awesome, right? And so I think there are a lot of things um, like this and kind of in the same sort of neighboring field, really, if you think about it, right? And it all has to do with frequency, which is very, very interesting to me. And so here, the guy that uh, started the Rife machine, this would be him. Here you go. This is Brzezinski. A Polish native named Stanislaw Brzezinski attended Lublin Medical University where he graduated first in his class at age 24 and then received his PhD in biochemistry the following year. While undergoing his research to acquire his PhD, Dr. Brzezinski made a profound discovery. He found a strain of peptides in human blood and urine that had never before been recorded in biomedical research. As his curiosity in these peptides evolved... This is the peptide one, not the Rife machine. Sorry, wrong video. Here we go. He made another profound observation. People who were inflicted with cancer seemed to lack these newly discovered peptides in both their blood and urine, while those who were healthy and free of cancer appeared to have an abundance of these peptides. Dr. Brzezinski theorized that if he could somehow provide a way to chemically extract these peptides from the blood and urine of healthy donors and administer these peptides to those with cancer, 
Perhaps it could be useful in treating the disease. So there are a lot of different things. Sorry for playing the wrong one. Um, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things. In fact, um, it's very interesting to me that that people don't talk about these, and they're still considered theories when they've been around a very very long time. And so it was Royal Rife that actually started the uh, or inventor of. He died in 1971, but started the Rife machine. And I find these kinds of things pretty amazing it's uh it's it's uh i think it's <laughs> i think that we don't realize um the body well enough and i don't think doctors have been trained i've done many shows on the start of johns hopkins and what a nightmare johns hopkins was to our society i know a lot of people praise johns hopkins not me um in fact i realize too when people are usually trained there it's kind of funny that they usually adopt a more new world order sort of approach to things so if that's in their bio i'm immediately sort of skeptical right um, it's that it's that schooling that um, that penetrated our system and got rid of the holistic doctors and then put uh, Johns Hopkins on the map for being the superior uh, ideology of medicine and it really wasn't good for us. But the Rife machine was the impulses of electromagnetic frequencies that disable cancerous cells and other microorganisms uh, organisms responsible for disease. And so most of these claims have no scientific uh, research to back them up. That's what they say all over Google. That's what they say all over the Internet. Nothing to back it up. Although there have been many people that have been uh, cured with Rife machines. So... I think I'd go with the people. Same thing with the Budwig thing. The Budwig, Joanna Budwig protocol, where you flip the cell with a, uh, with, with a sort of uh, a frequency of something that you're putting into the body, okay? And I think, that's, I think the two have um, things in common. And I think that they, we should pay attention. The peptide thing, I think that's very possible too. I think there's a lot of different things that we've suppressed over the years when they finally figured out in the late 1800s that they could gauge eugenics and the, the whole insurance company crops up, right? The whole, all the insurance companies crop up and they realize that they can gauge death. They realize that, uh, by the way, as we take pharma to an all new high in the 1900s, boy, there's a real way to actually profit off of this in the, in the biggest way possible, as we're seeing now. I don't need to tell you. But isn't that fascinating that these things have been around for decades upon decades upon decades? And you know what? Here's the good news. I think people are still, like right now, I think they are actually opening up their eyes to a lot of these things. I think they're asking around. I think they're wondering about about oils and castor oils and uh, castor oils um, being put on the skin to uh, at least five hours uh, a day to remove um, tumors and to remove things. And, and you should look into that. Barbara O'Neill is the one that you talked to about that. And I've talked about her on my show before. She's superior knowledge when it comes to castor oil. But I think there, there are so many things. I think that uh, God did a great job in putting many, many things either by way of knowledge, right? Not to the government for their knowledge and spin and exploitation, but just knowledge. And then also enough things on this, on this great earth of ours to help us and cure us. I think that there are plenty of things that can do that. And so I just wanted to bring this up because when I saw that family guy clip, I thought, you know, there are so many tells in our society that come out of cartoons. And I always, 
that to me is interesting because uh, they, they, they certainly try to get a lot of messages out. We'll say that. But I really love the fact that you can go and do some research on different protocols and different things. And when I started showcasing the Budwig protocol on this show, that was probably almost 10 years ago. And so many people have been helped by that. And so many people have called up on the show and said, oh my gosh, I did that. I did that and it helped me. And isn't that what it's all about? Everybody's body's different. Everyone's gonna find a different way. But I just think that we have to look at what some of those things have in common and why they would work, right? Tesla's, Nikola Tesla's work was buried and it was buried for a reason because I think a lot of the things that he was getting into would have solved a lot of issues and problems for us. And, and uh, it's always good to give that a spin too because you wanna, you wanna look into that too. When I come back, I wanna talk about the 1920s, something interesting about the 1920s, what changed. And I also wanna talk about NFL. I'm gonna talk about the, the dark history of Super Bowl. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Hey everybody, elections in Taiwan, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression in the news today. There's a lot of global instability as we ourselves are sort of plunging into this election season. And have you sheltered your savings, investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? It's not too late to diversify into uh, an IRA or 401k into gold. So get that backed up into gold with gold, uh, with Birch Gold Group. They are incredible at what they do. I really love these guys. I love the information. All you have to do is text 989898 and text my name, Kate. How easy is that? And they'll give you some free information and then you can pursue that and do it at no cost. I don't know of anything better. <laughs> so uh, please, uh, if you're worried about the financial instability coming, you probably should be a little worried about it. It is on the heels of, of it being implemented right now. Please go and do this. Text 989898. Claim your free info kit and protect your savings with gold right now. Thanks, you guys. Put in the code Kate. Put in my name, Kate, when you text 989898. Thanks. This is the Kate Daly Show. I can't get over. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show, and so happy to uh, have you listening in. So much to go over, too. I got a lot of stuff, and make sure that you uh, text Birch Gold. Um, I'm telling you, um, we don't realize the window that we're in right now. I think through history, they never realized the window they were in. You know, you think about sort of the, the times before the Depression or the times before big, big events happen, and you always wonder, did they realize that this was coming, this thing, you know, that we can look back in history? Yeah, it's coming, and I worry. I worry that um, some some kind of event either wipes stuff out that you have out there or something's going to happen. I have a feeling that something's going to happen big on that, and I would just get it shored up by gold because it doesn't cost you anything. So your IRAs and, and everything that you've got out there, your IRAs and your retirement, everything, just make sure it's shored up by gold. How easy is that? And buy some gold and silver. You're going to love this because it's really great working with Birch Gold. No wonder they have a five-star rating and Ron Paul loves them and Steve Bannon loves them. Everybody loves them. Um, all right. Uh, text 989898 and text my name, Kate. Okay. Just text my name. That's it. K-A-T-E. So simple. Um, I always love that. 
All righty. So let's let's, uh, do this. Okay. So I want to play this clip from the 1920s. Here we go. I mean, he's talking about not from the 1920s. (laughs) He's talking about the 1920s. 1920 is when everything pretty much changed. They started changing every single thing. They started removing certain parts of the history. They started rewriting the history. 1920s is about that time. Educational system started changing everything. Rockefeller educational system. So if you find books, you want to find books before 1920s. Because if you don't find books before 1920s, you're usually being told a bunch of nonsense. And you look at a lot of the, the, a lot of the free energy books too, and everything related to the ether, that's before 1920s. The ether was removed from the periodic table after 1908. Every book you look into, it talks about ether and terrestrial magnetism and all of these things. 1908, that was removed off the periodic table. And that was removed so that people would not believe in the ether. They would think it's woo-woo. They would think it's pseudoscience. Those are all terms of the Rockefeller educational system. Coming up with terms to debunk the truth and debunk what we were once connected to. Then when you get rid of ether, you get rid of everything related to the fifth element and the quantum. You get rid of all of that. And then you make up a whole new narrative and you remove all that so that when you can't explain something, you just say, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Now he's right. There's more context to that though, but he's, he's right. And that is actually a really good tip. If you are one of those people that love going to antique stores or, um, you know, garage sales or any, any of the sort, a lot of people have old books and get books before the year 1920. So why was he saying 1920? He really didn't go into that a lot, but I have played on my show over the last 13 years, a lot about Norman Dodd. And Norman Dodd in the year 1954 was the staff director for the Congressional uh, Special Committee to investigate tax-exempt foundations. They were referred to as the Reese Committee, okay, in 1954. And the chairman, Congressman Carol Reese. And so Ed Griffin, who's been on the show many, many times, um, actually interviewed him in 1982, shortly before he died, to make sure and get all of this on tape, um, all the, all of this on tape. And what I mean is, is that they did an investigation. Norman Dodd's team did an investigation where they looked into um, the Carnegie Foundation, the Ford Foundation, and since 1907, which was in their minutes, 1907 there was a plan, an agenda to 100% change education, 100%. They were going to infiltrate it, change it, sort of remove our founding from it, remove any kind of history that, uh, that would have been really truthful. And so they would give you bits of truth, but they wanted all the teachers to go over to um, Europe and to be trained um, that would be teachers here in the United States. And he said that the president of the Ford Foundation had sent for him and said, you know, when you're in New York, give me a call. And he said, you, we, we've asked you to come up here, you know, and this is in the 50s, because we thought that possibly off the record, you'd tell us why Congress is interested in the activities of foundations. Yeah, cue the creepy music, right? Then he went on to say, you know, all of us have a hand in making policies here and have had experience operating under directives, the substance the substance of which is that we use our grant-making power to alter life in the United States, that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. This is the president of the Ford Foundation saying this to Dodd, okay? 
So he goes on to talk about how they got the notes, what the notes said, his secretary getting the notes. It was, it's amazing testimony. Norman Dodd, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube as, uh, as he is interviewed by, uh, by Ed. And I'm telling you, it is a, it's fantastic to understand what happened to our education system and when it started. So the only thing that was missing really was the foundation of why we don't, why the books changed in 1920. Be right back. This is the Kate Daly Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the Kate Daly Show. And I'm so happy that you are, actually. Today is such a uh, potpourri of lots of different things that I want to hit and some insights I want to give. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about NFL and also some comments from 1957 um, that I think you're going to enjoy, too. And, well, all kinds of things. We'll get there. But I also, the phone lines are open. If you want to comment on any of this, too, you can. 888-673-1450 if you're listening live and you can comment on that. Um, also, this show is on Rumble. This show is on um, frankspeech.com in the evening at uh, 8 o'clock Mountain, 10 o'clock Eastern. You can watch it. And... Uh, and then you can also listen live, different various stations across the United States. So, so happy to have you. And I want to talk a little bit about the NFL. I know this is going to be, this is going to be a little strange, I know. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the dark history. Before I go there, I will take a phone call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. All right. All right. So, okay. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Okay. So, um, the NFL... There's a couple of insights that I, th I thought were kind of fascinating. Uh, the NFL started in 1920, September 17th, I think. Yep. In Canton, Ohio. And, uh, and of course, uh, it had, they had their first meeting at a motor company. And some of this comes by way of Gracie, by the way, and, uh, and some of this is mine. So they set up these, the, the research anyway, they set up teams and standards and uh, basically the NFL was born and Jen Thorpe became the head of the football organization, okay? Then the league was built off of illegal and legal proceedings, betting, gambling, right? As the foundation of NFL football from the very beginning. A lot had to do with the mafia, <laughs> with the mafia at this time, but they publicly denounced gambling but it was the foundation. So publicly, they had a whole different story. But there were lots of ties to Al Capone, lots of mobster ties along the way. And they purchased the Chicago Cardinals. Now it's the Arizona Cardinals. And several owners were tied to the mob. And then most of all, the franchises are still owned by the same families, by the way. It hasn't, uh, hasn't gone a whole lot of new places, okay? I think there's only one or two teams that have actually changed hands to other people, but for the most part. So in the 1960s, the first Super Bowl, 1967, was born, okay? And the um, Lamar Hunt was uh, the founder of the AFL, and he said that the reason they called it the Super Bowl was because his child was playing with the Super Bowl, and so, of course, he named it the Super Bowl, okay? And then Lamar Hunt. Now, this is interesting because his father was Haroldson Hunt. And Haroldson Hunt had a very intriguing past in our history of big events in our history. 
his poker winnings got him into the Texas oil fields, okay? And then, of course, accused of financing the JFK assassination. Yeah, yeah, that Haroldson hunt. <laughs> yes, and also funding the political uh, career of LBJ, who, by the way, was very involved in the assassination of JFK. He knew it was going down, right? Um, I've had many guests on the show regarding that whole thing, and I won't go into that whole thing, but let me just tell you, LG, L, LBJ wanted him gone. He was really happy to take up the spot of president. And the mafia, and he was also involved, uh, Haroldson uh, was also involved in the mafia, CIA, forming an intelligence branch of his own, and of course, uh, in, involved in the uh, trying to out Castro, okay? All of these different things in our history that we are very much aware of. His son was the one that was, uh, was the uh, president of the AFL. Lots of organized crime. And lots of players, coaches, owners accused all along of suspected gambling. So when we were talking last week about, you know, the possibilities of it being fixed, of course, there's lots of colors in every uh, theme that they put out every year. So a lot of people have questioned that, you know, they're putting out these two colors. Is that the colors of the teams, things like this? So there's been a lot of speculation through the years. When I say there's smoke, there's usually fire. But, um, but, but I think what's important to realize is that going all the way back, um, there was a definite liaison, shall we say, with mobsters for gambling for betting but very very that profit very very controlled in those aspects right and then um of course you had your your different players hornug and karis were the first two in the 60s i think it was the 60s 60s or 70s to be accused of gambling betting on their own on their games right and so then of course joe namath came along he had a bar where bookies and you know mobsters <laughs> hung out and they asked him to uh, to get rid of this for the public image. And he said, no, he retired. And so of course, a lot of money involved here. Now, um, this is quite fascinating. There are laws in place, right? But a league, any league can legally fix its own contest. And if it is their own business, they have the legal right to fix it like they do wrestling. They can do whatever they want. Interesting. So keep that in mind. But back in the day in 1967, a 30-second ad was $42,000. A lot of money in 1967. Now it's five to six million dollars for 30 seconds. Five to six million dollars. Think about that for just a second. Sometimes we, we go over big numbers like being trillions in debt. and We don't really think about how big the number is. Five to six million dollars for a 30-second ad. So the ads weren't really much Nobody really cared about the ads, but it was 1984 that it became a thing because Ridley Scott, the director, um, debuted the Apple Macintosh and they had, uh, they had a reference to 1984, right? And in a sea of control and tyranny comes the, the woman running with the torch. You guys remember this? And then of course, a white light shining on the Macintosh. Now this week I, or last week I've talked about the similarities between, um, between Gates and Jobs, Steve Jobs, they had almost the exact same story going into their businesses. So I just wanted to reference that real quick because that was 1984 and they did a spoof on 1984, but it was the Apple Macintosh that actually was the, the, the catalyst. This changed it forever. 
And uh, and then uh, it used to be kind of more clever, but now it's all about messaging. And you have to kind of wonder, why did they have to double down on messaging? Maybe the kind of uh, slight messaging that they were using or the, the things that the, the tools weren't going fast enough for these people, right? So they had to double down. And now it's all messages, isn't it? It kind of seems like that. Sometimes you'll get an entertainment one, but it's like that. And then, of course, it was in the 90s when uh, Michael Jackson did his debut at halftime show because it used to be bands. They used to have music and, and marching bands, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a big celebrity act. Now we've made it into this big, huge thing. There are many, um, also there are many rumors about the team owners running trafficking rings. And what's kind of fascinating now is there's a lot of um, um, peri uh, like uh, mainstream uh, news and mainstream magazines that are trying to say, or trying to debunk the sex trafficking as if it doesn't exist at all. I think it does. Yeah. And there's also a bigger reason behind the uh, rise of gambling at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And there also is some kind of strange things about why they put it into Vegas. Because let's say this, they, they tried for a long time to make it look like there was no, because they didn't want anyone to think it was fixed. So there was a lot of public image stuff about the NFL and they were, they were very much, oh, we're very against, we're very against gambling and betting. But truly, it was at the roots of the start of the NFL and throughout the NFL, right? So it was public image versus what was really going on. So it was kind of interesting that we had, they had the Super Bowl in Las Vegas because they've always tried to suppress it, okay? Important to realize, they've always tried to suppress it. Um, but there are some reasons for this, some psychological reasons. So when I come back, I'll do a little bit more on this because I do find all these things kind of fascinating as far as that goes. Information about the things that we have, that we love in society, the distractions, the bread and circuses. Yep. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. This is the Kate Daly Show. Why, you ask? Because everybody needs a little hillbilly in their life. <laughs> Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com. All right. Uh, just doing a lot today. There was just a lot in the vault that I've had sitting there, and I just wanted to get to to some of these things because I think they're really, um, they're like important things to kind of lodge in the back of the mind when you're, when you're thinking about things, our education, cancer, football. I know we're running the gamut, but there's just so much. Um, make sure and get over to mypillow.com. And, uh, I do love their sheets and, uh, my husband loves that robe and slippers. I love their slippers too. And they have so many different kinds, but you can get up to 90% off. So put in the code Kate and then it keeps us on the air. And I really appreciate you doing that. Um, it's a just, you'll, you'll just love me for that one because my pillow is fantastic. Mike's got a real eye for product. Um, he really does. And, uh, he does, he like lives with it for a year before he decides to, to put it out. And now I know why. And the pillows are amazing too. Um, so on, on the heels of football, um, and I'm not a big football person, so this isn't why I'm covering it, but just to kind of let you know about the background of, of 
and I know you probably do, background of NFL and how they started and and so much uh, corruption. Um, and, you know, they blocked tourism ads uh, for Las Vegas in the NFL broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, of course, we had a Super Bowl there now. And so what that tells me is that they're sort of embracing the fact that or maybe owning the fact that we have a society now that's pretty much just fine with having an NFL combined with gambling, combined with betting, combined with, um, and, and with and maybe the roots, showing those roots of history with the mob, maybe letting people in on that now, let, letting people know that maybe. Um, I also wanted you to know about some studies that were done of that kind of fascinating about football. Gambling um, or gambling, gambling made football more emotional and uh, tying these the, the, the fans in a very, very strong way emotionally to players and teams. There's a reason for the crazy fanatic fan that everybody talks about, right? Or maybe you know one, maybe you live with one. I don't know. But it creates bonds. So when somebody's gambling, it's creating a bond. And, and people are 10 times more likely to turn off a game when nothing's at stake, okay? But when something's at stake, oh yes, of course they're gonna watch, they're gonna watch longer, and they're also gonna watch more games. So they knew it was gonna create this very addictive sort of super fan, and they were banking on that because there's just so many billions of dollars in, involved here. And so they also knew they had a guaranteed audience. If they combined betting and gambling and publicly, they denounced it, right? Because we were a different nation back then. But now I think all bets are off. But the mafia, especially in Kansas City, there was a lot of things that happened in Kansas City. It was the 1970s. So because, you know, the Chiefs just won 1970 Super Bowl case. Um, Nick Savella and his brother, uh, I think it was his brother, Cork, Cork Savella, Tuffy DeLuna, um, all of these guys uh, were caught in a big scandal. And it really sort of made it known that the mafia, the mob was behind um, the NFL and its roots. And, uh, and that was 1970 brought that out just a few years after the Super Bowl started. Um, of course, the, the mafia, the mobsters were called the Black Hand the black hand. And uh, I just thought you might be interested in that. It's kind of, kind of strange. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi, Kate. Hi there. I'd like everyone to check me out on this. Uh -huh. If you're out in the casino or at the resort, mm -hmm. everyone's really nice Yeah. because they're paid to be <laughs> very nice. Now, yes. you go out into the community uh -huh. and you'll find that people are not very nice. Our well, state yeah. of Utah mm -hmm. is flirting with gambling, and I say absolutely not. Yeah. No way, shape, or form. Yeah. Please. It has become more prevalent, I'll tell you that much. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Let me play this for you. It's about, it's about Vegas. It's about this thing that I'm talking about. Here we go. This is just two minutes. And why this annoyed the NFL in particular, you have to look at this map. Vegas was one of the only places in America where sports gambling was legal. Betting on the NFL became one of the top attractions. In a 30-year period, $40 billion was bet on football, far more than any other sport. There wasn't much that the NFL could do to stop Vegas. The league chose instead to cut off the entire city. No franchises, no Super Bowls. Athletes were not allowed to even be pictured in casinos. Adverts for the Vegas Tourism Board were banned from NFL broadcasts. 
When other states voiced plans to join Vegas, the NFL took their fight to Congress. Their argument was the same one from the 1920s. Betting on sport creates corruption. Congress agreed. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act essentially banned sports betting everywhere but a select few states. Follow-up laws in the early 2000s ended the rising threat of internet gambling. The NFL had won. All it had to do now was ignore Las Vegas, and its world would be untouched by the sin of gambling. Which brings us to February 2024, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. How did we end up here? Over decades, the NFL had trapped Vegas and gambling on the other side of a big wall of legislation. Then, the Supreme Court knocked the whole thing down. In May 2018, the Supreme Court ruled the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act to be against the Constitution. States were now free to regulate sports betting themselves. The majority chose to legalize. The NFL was on its own. That was until they noticed something interesting. Before legalization, unregulated sports betting hit a value of $60 billion per year. The legal market will soon double that figure. How could the NFL justify leaving all of that money on the table? The league had two choices. Continue to pretend gambling didn't exist, or embrace the change and make some money. The NFL chose option two. In fact, it jumped in headfirst. The NFL now has a vice president of sports betting deals with all of the major sports books. There are now so many betting adverts during the games, people have started to complain. One billion dollars. That's how much the NFL should earn over the next five years, just from gambling deals. So is that it? Someone waves a billion dollars at the NFL and it abandons any moral objections to gambling? It's a bit more complicated. There is another, deeper motive behind this shift. To understand that, we need to look at the NFL's website. Specifically, in this sentence here. The NFL doesn't just create sport anymore. It's entertainment. Football is competing with Hollywood, TikTok and YouTube for our attention. Any factor, however small, that hooks people into football will be exploited. Oh yeah, that is for sure. And I know we've all seen it. And we saw it last weekend. So... I just, I wanted to do this uh, right before the Super Bowl and we got busy with guests and everything else, but I, there's so much to all of this. Um, and when you really start to look at the mob ties um, connected to uh, Kansas City, it gets even more interesting too. Uh, there was, there was a huge big story in 1970 that sort of had everybody sort of understand the roots. Um I will be right back. I have so much more. I have so much more. So, and I'll take your phone calls too. I promise. I'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Of course, visit that site because if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the sound closet you can share uh, with friends and family and also our wonderful sponsors, amazing sponsors. I'll be right back. to the set of the MyPillow 2.0, the most amazing pillow in history. That new technology is still the MyPillow's patented fill. And now we have new technology we didn't have back when I invented MyPillow that's going to help you sleep. It's absolutely amazing, and you're the first ones that can check it out. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code on your screen, and we brought back the buy one, get one free. 
for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code Kate, K-A-T-E, to help the show, but also to get your buy one, get one free pillow with the new patented technology. And guess what? You can get through a whole night. You won't be sweating through the night. In fact, it keeps your neck and head really cool, and you're going to love the new patented technology on this 2.0 pillow. Get one. You're going to love it. I'm serious. Thanks, you guys.